0: Buzzing, quite literally buzzing. Well, not literally, because you would have tuned in, I'd be going, and you would have turned off straight away. But the main event of this week's AEW Dynamite just took everything I loved about wrestling and washed it all over my body. And if you're now thinking that was a very strange way to say that... You'd be right. But hello, my friends. My name is Siren from What Culture, the host and the master of ups and downs, where I take this. It's called the finger of power. And when something's good, I go, I'm going to give it an up. And when something's bad, I go, I'm going to give it a down. And then you go in the comments and say, hey, Simon, you're so biased. Even though when I watch wrestling, I just see how it makes me feel. Let's not worry about that because it doesn't matter. But let's up those doubts. Okay, let us talk about it because it's very important. At one point in time, it was meant to be John Moxley versus the Brian Kendrick on Dynamite after Kendrick had left WWE and joined AEW. But Kendrick was then pulled from the show by Tony Khan after some truly horrendous comments by Brian were made known. And in my very humble opinion, this was the right thing to do. After all this as well, Kendrick tweeted out that he's very sorry for what he said. He regrets these comments and it's not the person he is anymore. I'm not going to get into them because because I would never even let those words come out of my mouth. But I will say, as a Jewish man, all of it disturbed me greatly. With that said, I do not know Brian Kendrick, and obviously he doesn't know me. But if he truly understands why these things were terrible, and nobody should even think them, let alone them come out of their mouth, and he does show true remorse... Well, that's the most important thing here. Sadly, there are always going to be individuals who have very hurtful and very dangerous views. But if we could all come together and try and show these people, look, what you're doing is utterly, utterly wrong, then as a society, hopefully we can march forward in a much better light than we were. So the point is, I trust Tony Khan and other influential people like Cody Rose, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, or even somebody like CM Punk to sit down with the Brian Kendrick and figure out, is he just saying this stuff? because it was the right thing to say or once again does he truly understand that what he did was frankly abhorrent and it should never ever happen again. So we'll have to wait and see what happens and when we do know I'll give my opinion again and you have to excuse me for the side quest but as just a way to underline it all do you know the best way to live your life just accept everybody for who they are. Now, obviously, there's going to be some things that we can all agree upon. Well, you shouldn't be doing that. But if somebody is happy and they ain't harming anybody else, just look at them, smile, and move on to something else. Anywho, Wheeler Utah was his replacement, and him and John Moxley just kicked each other's ass. Danhausen also came out with the best friends, which means he was stood side by side by Orange Cassidy. So if you didn't think that group was weird enough, Well, it's about to get bonkers. What I really love about this box run is that he is just having back and forth bangers with everyone. There's a few critics out there like, well, he shouldn't be doing this. He should be squashing people. But that's forgetting why we love sports. Like, I'm well into football or soccer, as some people say. And the coolest thing about the Premier League is sometimes you get the team in first place taking on the team in 20th place and the team in 20th place wins. You're like, oh my gosh, the drama. So if you're able to script that in wrestling, well, you should probably do it. There was a slight distraction interaction by Danhausen, who I think was trying to curse John Moxley, so he should be worried about that. But it didn't really amount to anything because they both then got back in the ring. John Moxley slam Wheeler Yuta with the Paradigm Shift. One, two, three. And it turned out though, this was basically the starter before the main course, because seconds later, Brian Danielson appeared from the crowd. He got a microphone and he went to work. Because he wanted to know if the fans wanted to see those two fight, and of course, everyone started going, yes, yes, yes. Because that thing is never going to die. I don't know why I said it like that, it never should die. It's absolutely brilliant. But this isn't what Danielson wanted to do at all. Because after watching Mux run through AEW, he thinks the Best decision would be for them to team up and even go and find some rookies that they can take under their wing. So I did not see this coming. Before Jonathan could say anything, Brian was like, "Man, just think about it, and I'll come back to you soon." And while I bet this does just end up in a feud, I tell you, if AEW wants to create some kind of stable where John Moxley and Brian Danielson go and get a bunch of young pups and turn them into superstars, my word, where do I sign? So what a great way to turn this upside down, and I also have a really good name for this pairing, call them XWWE guys or the EWGs, mostly because the internet would go absolutely crazy, and I have a bad dark side, and I'd find it really funny. The point is, my intrigue gland is through the roof. Give it up. We then made sure to have a video package hyping us for MJF versus Punk that's going down in the main event, and honestly, AEW didn't need to do that because I was so excited... And then Dynamite went and just got a little bit crazy. Because Brandy Rhodes was in the ring and she was healing it up saying, man, Chicago, you absolutely suck, when she got interrupted by Dan Lambert and the Men of the Year. So there, there it is, the interruption board. Bring it down. It rolls up to 15 in AEW, which is more than a fine number. <laughs> but in wrestling overall, it's 49. Dan called her fake and said that when he stood next to her, even he feels like a decent person. And then we got some shots at Ethan Page. Josh Alexander's name was dropped. And also, I think there was like some weird veiled insult that basically meant prostitution. So of course, Brandy Rhodes slapped down Lambert, and I was like, "Yeah, you probably should have done that." This then led to Lambert introducing Paige Van Zant, who stormed to the ring, and she was about to tear Brandy Rhodes apart when all of a sudden the women's locker room emptied, and they split them up. Now I've seen the response online to this; people are mad, saying this was absolutely crap. But I thought it was fine. And because I like to be a man of the people, I like to listen to what other people are saying. I even went and watched it twice. But I was like, it's okay. It's not the best segment I've ever seen in my life. The fans made a lot of noise, which made it more entertaining. But also, it was done in around about three or four minutes kind of hard to get mad at it so that's not a bad way to re-debut Paige and if she does beat Brandi Rhodes well that will light a fire under everything and just remember not every single segment on a wrestling show can be for you I mean if you're watching all of it that's hours and hours and hours so of course you can criticize and of course you can dislike but understand that other people may think that it's just okay point is up more nonsense with the Andrade Hardy family office next as they were hanging out in a stairwell and Matt he was all mad at private party because, of course, they had tried to win the tag team titles and they failed. It also sounds like we're going to do Isaiah Cassidy versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT titles soon. So that will absolutely rock. When Andrade turned up, this guy just funny these days. I don't even all know why, but he was like, man, what's going on with this group? Why can't we do anything? And Matt Hardy's like, don't worry about that. You told us you were going to recruit Darby Allen." And so far, you have done nothing. So I have no idea where this is going or what the point of it is, but I always enjoy Matt Hardy. Andrade is just, like I say, transformed into this right joy. So we'll sit back and we'll wait and see. I will say that I love the fact that Andrade just cannot grasp the concept of friendship i mean it keeps going over his head it was then time for pirate pack to try and get his revenge against the kings of the black throne because he was teaming up with penta to take them on and never forget when it comes to death triangle this was another pairing or trio where andrade was like i guess they're just hanging out because they take rides together amazingly too pack was blindfolded during this So do not come up into my house and tell me he ain't transforming into some kind of Metal Gear Solid boss. He absolutely is. He did all right at first, even though he couldn't see. And of course, after a few minutes, he went, ha ha, I am healed and I can wrestle. But did he tell the AEW doctors this? Otherwise, this conversation must have happened. Uh, Hello there, Mr. Pack. Uh, Are you meant to be wrestling later? Yep. (laughs) We can't see a problem with that. This was absolutely brilliant, though, because Death Triangle used teamwork in order to get on the up and up. When it came to Malachi Black and Brody King, they were just like, man, we really strong. And the first time Brody King got in there, he was just punching people right in the face and they were falling down like trees. Penta got the hot tag at one point. You know how that goes. He was just flying around like gravity isn't a thing. But this ended when Pac got a blind tag And that irony was not lost on me. He smashed Black with a brain buster because of course he hates him. And then Brody King was taken out by a dive courtesy of Penta. And it actually looked like the good guys were going to win here when they were going for the fear factor. But when the Kings got rid of Pac, Malachi Black spat the mist right into Penta's face. They then hit that Dante's Inferno finishing move, which is really, really cool. And they got the win. So once again, I have no idea where this is going. And a small part of me still thinks that Pac is going to join them even though that makes absolutely no sense adam cole was then backstage after this and he reminded us that his win loss record is still perfect because even though he was defeated by orange cassidy that's a lights out match so he doesn't have to worry about it he's also going to fight evil uno on rampage and given what he was saying here if he does beat uno it kind of feels like he's gonna go after the world championship which means it'll be adam cole versus hangman adam page And I say, yes. The surprises on Dynamite then kept happening because it was Ruby Soho versus Nyla Rose. So I was all like, well, we haven't really seen Ruby Soho on Dynamite for a while. I'm sure they'll have a good match and Ruby will just win. And I was wrong. Soho tried to attack before the bell, but that didn't work at all. Rose like, get off me, you annoying fly. Although every single time she kept getting back into it, there was Vicky Guerrero using her MP to cast distraction. Like it happened on the outside, and then Nyla Rose got spine busted right onto the floor. And even when she had the thing won after the future kick thingamajig, I can't remember what it's called. It will come to me in around about 3.2 seconds. Vicky Guerrero grabbed her leg and she put it under the bottom rope so it didn't count. The no future! There you go, the no future. This then did get a little bit strange, because the night of Rose was on the top rope, and Ruby went to kick her but she just didn't. Like, I clearly missed something, but it looked like she saw a ghost. She was like, oh man, I better get rid of this ghost before I go after Rose. But that allowed Nyla to get back into it. She smashed her with the Beast Bomb, and she was your winner. So I suppose we are building something here, and if you're not into shenanigans, you will not have enjoyed this, but I do feel like if we do do a couple of more matches, the winner should probably go and face Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship. And the only real shame is that the fans are really quiet during this i thought it was solid solid stuff Ah. the gun club or the ass boys then beat up jungle boy backstage before christian cage and Luchasaurus went and chased them off i do believe we're doing this tag team title match very soon good our world heavyweight champion was out next that's me on a horse i think hangman adam page he is getting ready for his big texas death match against lance archer and because he just wants to fight He doesn't want to have to wait seven days, so he wants this big boy to come out right now. Now, that is actually really smart, because if you invite somebody to the ring, they can't interrupt you. And we know how that goes in wrestling. And while we didn't get Lance at first, we did get Jake Roberts and Dan Lambert. Now, look, I like Dan Lambert. I think he's superb. And I would give him Rookie of the Year, I suppose, in 2021, given he did make his debut but I don't get why he's in two different storylines and these two things aren't even converging. Just gonna tell you the truth, it doesn't make any sense. And it makes even less sense because Lance Archer also has Jake Roberts. And even though Danny Boy did a little thing, Jake Roberts also did a little thing. And then Lance Archer just ran out and he was like, ah, oh, everybody stop talking. And he basically beat Hangman Adam Page up. And it got really bad because not only did he choke slam him on Simba the Still Steps, But he also hit the blackout through Alan the announce table, even though don't tell anybody it wasn't actually the announce table. Now I know what AEW is trying to do here. They are trying to make you go, oh my gosh, Lance Archer, he's such a giant, and look what he did to our champion. He could win the title. Now, unfortunately, I don't think that is gonna happen. And I also think it would be a bad move, but I do appreciate the effort here. So here's what I'm gonna do. For the angle, I'm gonna give it an up, but for all the Dan Lambert stuff that I just do not understand, it's getting a down. And that's not me saying take him off TV, but just put him in one pathway and send him down there. Chris Jericho was then backstage and he was really pissed at Santana and Ortiz. Understandable, Because he felt like they were disrespectful last week because they didn't even tag him in. And he doesn't understand what their relationship with Eddie Kingston is. Therefore, in seven days on next week's Dynamite, he wants the inner circle to come together... So they can iron this out. I tell you what we should do here. Chris Jericho should go bad guy. That's why he should become a heel again. I mean, he was teasing it massively here. And how you do it, I don't know. Because I would assume the proud and the powerful and the returning Eddie Kingston would have to beat him up. But who doesn't want that? Ed versus Jericho. Kingston's a good guy and Jericho's a bad guy. As always, we'll have to wait and see. I was then so excited because it was our main event of CM Punk taking on MJF in Punk's hometown of Chicago. And if you can believe it, MJF won. Not once but twice. I was really surprised when this got going because I looked at the clock and we had 40 minutes left of TV time but what AEW essentially did here is go, hey would you like a main event pay-per-view caliber match on free TV or what's that, you would like it well, happy birthday to you. MJF was an ass right away and basically cheated in order to get the upper hand but CM Punk has been around for ages so not only did he give them a few punches but eventually they were fighting off into the crowd when they got back into the ring though, I think CM Punk went for a spear. Can't remember the last time he did that. Maxwell got out of the way, which meant Punk went sailing into to the Ring Post. Maxwell being the bad guy he is, instantly utilized that and tried to wear Punk down. And while I'm making this sound quite pedestrian, I promise you it wasn't. It went at such a good pace. It made you believe and it told such a good story. Ring psychology. The crowd were definitely behind Punk too and at one point he got a fan to just slap Maxwell right across the chest. And basically any time MJF could be an ass he went full asshole to the point he used the referee as a shield Punk had to move the official out the way and when he did MJF produced some tape and he started to choke CM Punk and if you don't know that is basically trying to murder someone. However, because MJF then transitioned into a sleeper, the referee didn't know this was going on, Punk started to fade, and the referee went one with the arm, he went two with the arm, and he went three with the arm, meaning the match was done and MJF was lost. And if you just want to know how this went over with Chicago, they audibly gasped. It was pure Dusty Roads though, because as MJF was going, oh, I did it, I can't believe it, the tape fell on the floor. The official saw this, realized how important this match was, and said, nope, it cannot end like that. I am restarting the thing. Isn't it nice when referees actually have eyes? So this was a ridiculous ride, and because we're all smart fans, you are like, well, well, you know what's going to happen now? CM Punk will be the victor but no, because this whole thing was just going ruse, ruse, red herring, red herring. It was then one of the fastest, most devastating moves in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-ups I've ever seen in my life, and it was so quick, I was like, wait, what happened? But it led to a really good near fall, and Punk was so mad that MJF kicked out, he just started to punch him in the face. He pushed it too far, because after one move, he tweaked his knee, so once again, Friedman was like, well, if that's hurt, I'm going to work it over. And this basically bothered Punk for the rest of the match, because no No matter what he was trying to do, he was like, oh no, my leg. Maxwell then used the ref again to smack Punk in the balls for another great niffle. And then he bit him. That's right. With his teeth, he went, ah, like he was some kind of a dog. So CM Punk, when they were fighting the top rope, was like, well, if you're going to do that to me, ah, and he bit him right back. CM then decided to light the world on fire because for the first time in 17 years, he hit the Pepsi plunge. And of course, because we were in his hometown, everyone once again was like, well, that's it. There's no way MGF is going to kick out of that. And that was technically true because instead... He rolled out of the ring. This is when Wardlow arrived and I was like, oh man, I'm going to pass out because so much is happening here. And while it looked like he was going to help Maxwell get to his feet, he didn't. He stepped over his boss and he stared down with CM Punk, but then he didn't do nothing. He took a step back, the crowd cheered because they thought they knew what was about to happen. And then MJF and Punk got back in a ring. From nowhere though, Maxwell had the diamond ring. He punched CM Punk in the face. The referee didn't see any of this. So he covered CM and once again, the ref went one, he went two and he hit three, meaning The NGF now had properly beaten CM Punk and you think, oh, then the credits rolled. Nope, there was even more. Because from a different camera angle, that's right, you had to keep watching right till the very end. You saw Wardlow pass the diamond ring to Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who, of course, is his employer. Wardlow sold this perfectly because his face was just, I'm so conflicted, I don't know what to do. And he kind of celebrated in the ring, but he did not. So, you know, the face turn is coming eventually. We didn't do it here and this just gets a round of applause all these people going AEW is just a spot fist this was the most story thing I have seen in absolutely ages and it doesn't just get an up blah, 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 it gets a golden up and you have to imagine too that somewhere down the line the pay-per-view I would guess this is going to be even bigger and better and I cannot wait MJF versus CM Punk is the best feud in the game right now and when it comes to Maxwell he ain't no rising star anymore He is right there. Which brought us to the end of AEW Dynamite. And while I thought the whole thing was pretty damn good, on that main event alone, it is getting it up. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.